0: The Charlotte Hornets get a win, but LaMelo Ball only plays eight minutes. In fact, he plays less than Isaiah Thomas, who has a nice debut with the Hornets. We talk about it all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. In a minute, we live. we live. We live.
0: It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Check us out and make us your first listen anywhere you get your podcasts. We're available on all platforms, and that includes YouTube. So check us out there as well. Follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug is on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. Check out the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We have a weird one to talk about today, Doug, because the Charlotte Hornets get a much-needed win. They're all much-needed at this point going down the final stretch of the regular season, basically trying to climb their way up in the play-in tournament because I feel like they're kind of cemented in that spot, not going to get to the playoffs realistically. So we're just trying to climb up the standings in the play-in tournament at this point, and they get a victory. Huge, right? But LaMelo only plays eight minutes, and he gets two quick fouls at the beginning of the game. Borrego brings him out, tries to put him back in, and then within a minute of playing that time that he's entered, picks up another foul. So three fouls in the first quarter, he's hacking everybody. And I guess like one of them was kind of questionable, but yeah. it, it's not like they were egregious miscalls by the officials. I don't think you would say that. And so LaMelo brought back out, doesn't play the second quarter. Brego puts him out there a little bit in the third, picks up a foul less than three minutes into playing at that point and doesn't play the rest of the way. Four fouls for LaMelo and not even eight minutes total worth of time in this game against the Cavs. James Borrego spoke about LaMelo not being out there on the court. Here's what he had to say after the game.
1: Well, obviously, we miss Mello. Mello's a big part of what we do here. Um, but next man up, and guys stepped up. It was Terry. It was IT. It was other guys that just stepped up, played big minutes uh, to get this win. But, um, you know, I expect Mello to respond, come back better on Saturday night. Uh, he should be rested. He should be rested, so he'll have some fresh Get legs on. for
0: Saturday night. Oh, no. Oh, no. So here's what I heard. I heard blah, 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 coach speak, coach speak, vague, vague, vague. I expect him to respond and be better, and he should be rested. Bam. That's the sound bite. That should, is be what should be rested.
2: Should be rested. You know what that reminded me of? You know what that reminded me of? When uh, someone asked Steve Clifford about Jeremy Lamb, who had like 23 points in a game, but bit on a bunch of pump fakes. I, I think it was against maybe Cleveland when they had, I know it was against Dwayne Wade, but I, I don't recall whether it was against Miami or Cleveland, mm-hmm. but he bit on a bunch of Wade pump fakes, fouled yeah. a bunch of guys and gen- generally played play poor defense. And someone asked him about Jeremy Lamb's big offensive
0: night. And Steve Clifford said, played well offensively. Yeah, I do remember that. I, I absolutely remember <laughs> that. He would be very distinct in what areas he thought you played well. And James Brego said he thinks that LaMelo will respond on Saturday and that he should be well-rested. Just a weird box score. So I had to call a Queens game last night. I didn't check this game out live. I look at the box score, and then obviously the alarming stat that shoot flares up in the air to get your attention is LaMelo logging eight minutes. I immediately text you and say, eight minutes, question mark? Yeah, like, you, yeah, so you got- would have thought he, he got hurt. I was hoping he didn't get hurt. But right. the foul trouble is what kept him out. I'll I'll leave it to you, Doug. Like, what are your overall thoughts and what you heard from Barrego? What you saw from Barrego? What you saw from Lamelo and the Cavs losing by twenty to the Charlotte Hornets?
2: Well, this I think this will undoubtedly go down as Lamelo Ball's worst box score line in in his career, non injury edition. Over like three. at
0: the very beginning of his career, maybe yeah.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I think Della and Eric mentioned it on the broadcast. This this is a night that we're probably, you know, digging through the stats, looking for, you know, the, we do this with LeBron James. We, like, look for his nights when he doesn't score 10 points or whatever, and they're just so rare. You know, I think we'll look back on this night and go, what the heck happened? Like, why? Mm-hmm. What in the world? Um, and I think, you know, you said it was because of the foul trouble. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it was the reason he sat initially but is it the reason that he stayed on the bench uh because there were other veterans on the floor Kelly Oubre had four fouls there were several guys with three fouls other veterans on the floor late in this game because I think there's an argument to be made that Well, you know, he was in foul trouble. The Hornets uh, were propelled by huge bench performances from Kelly Oubre, 19 points. IT comes in and starts to play really well, gives them a little bit of an offensive punch. And so you don't necessarily need to put LaMelo back into the game. But Terry was in the game. Miles was in the game. So I think there's a little bit more to this story than simply just, well, he was in foul trouble, so he didn't get back into the game.
0: Oh, well, I, I don't think it was him trying to preserve. I think it is all stemming from foul trouble. I think James Brago, you're right, Doug. I think it's, it's a team.
2: It felt like a teaching coaching moment. Not
0: fouling. Yeah. Like don't don't yeah. foul as frequently as you do. I think it does. Well, stem take your from playing
2: all- time. Don't take your playing time for granted. Don't take your time on the floor for granted. You are important to this team you must stay on the floor. And to stay on the floor, generally, you need to stay out of foul trouble. I thought other than the foul that he got on and that was his second foul in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a little ticky-tack. But the first foul on Jared Allen right, right off the top of the uh, of the game uh, was an and-one for Allen. Like He had no chance of stopping Allen going to the rim, and he puts his hands in there, and it's an immediate foul. Uh, I thought the third one uh, was, again, just getting his hands somewhere where You know, uh, good offensive players are going to force officials to make that call when you put your hands in the wrong position. And then the final foul that got him out of the game was just him offensively play. It was an offensive foul. Uh, Garland picked it up. He was playing out of control, barreling towards the rim, had his elbows up high. All Garland had to do was step in and get position, and he was going to pick up the foul. You can't can't take your – you know, a lot of people are going to look at this game, Walker, and say that J.B. benched – LaMelo and kept him out of this game. Yeah. I would argue that if you really (laughs) watch the game, LaMelo ball took himself out of this game.
0: What I would ensure like LaMelo needs to stop fouling. This has been a problem from him at the beginning of the, uh, of the season. This has been a problem for him all year long. And James Borrego Didn't need to play his best player in these moments down the stretch and was getting away with Isaiah Thomas coming in. It's not, you know, he missed some shots, but still was a decent debut, especially the first time you've ever played with this squad. You got a nice quarter and a nice half from Kelly Oubre. As Kelly Oubre goes, the Charlotte Hornets will go. So he has a nice quarter, isn't disastrous in the other three, and you win. And PJ Washington was five of five from the field. I thought Miles Bridges played well. So, and Terry, of course, he was yeah. the leading scorer. He, you know, he had the most buckets. That guy was uh, on fire for a lot of it. Like, you didn't need to play LaMelo in this one, but you're right. Like, the foul trouble, it all stems from that root problem of him fouling too much. And it is ridiculous. Like, four fouls in eight minutes, not even eight minutes worth of time. You know, he comes in two, James Rego, takes him off, puts him back in, immediately a foul. All right, sit you for the rest of the half. We'll start you in the third. You get a foul immediately. Like it's it was a lot. He couldn't stop fouling. And Bray was like, all right, you know, we're winning. Let's just roll with the other players at this point.
2: Well, and you know, and I think look, he's he's a young player. Um, he is uh he's still capable of learning all kinds of things about about the NBA game, uh, despite him getting the all-star nod, despite I think a lot of people understanding that he has a lot of Um, intuitive basketball IQ, uh, some instincts that are going to, you know, if he puts the work in, propel him into stardom, maybe even superstardom. But none of that is a given. Uh, You know, he still uh, has some room to grow. And I think this was part of that. He's had a rough, I mean, he's had a rough go of it in these first four contests out of the all-star break. It's been a shaky start for LaMelo Ball. And, you know, I kind of agree with Borrego here. Like, I hope he, I hope he takes this opportunity to really t- start to turn things around. Yeah, you had the weird, you had the weird game against uh, Detroit. Um, you know, quiet game against Toronto. Yeah, that's a bad game for Melo. Yeah, good start against Milwaukee. Wasn't I? Don't think that was Lamelo's fault to blow out against Milwaukee. Well, no, um, that
0: that's going to be an under. Like, you're just not going to focus on it because they got bounced so early right. and it was a disastrous second quarter. It was a good stat line for Melo. You know, he's played yeah. well against Milwaukee. You know what's funny? Like here he is playing a minuscule amount of minutes and yet he had four assists. I thought his floor game was really good. And like the the handful of minutes that he had freeing guys up, making good decisions. I thought he had a beautiful pass to Mason Plumley, if I'm not mistaken early in this game. Yeah. Yeah, He, it, it's like, yeah, clearly LaMelo is the best player. You see it. And then it's, you know, like... Let me, at, at first, let me, some of this is James Brega wanting to save his best player at the end. And then I think the third foul comes and the fourth foul comes, and it's like, dude, stop. I, I think that's kind of how it played out. Eventually, it came to a teaching lesson and saying after the game, LaMelo will respond and he should be well-rested for Saturday.
2: Yeah, and I think the the thing we don't know... Is, you know, had this game been close, had Darius Garland, who really furiously tried to get yeah. the Cavs back in the game, had it been seriously close, would uh, Borrego have relented and and put LaMelo back into the game? We, we can speculate as to what he would have done, but we certainly can't know it. I'll give you some numbers here. 23 games this season, uh, LaMelo has had four or more fouls in the games that lamelo has uh had five or more fouls the hornets are 2 and 11 he's mm-hmm. fouled out of four games this season he has had five or more fouls in 13 games the hornets are 2 and 11 so the fouls so lamelo's fouls do matter
0: they do and i and allow me to speculate i think brego plays lamelo if if it <laughs> if it does i think he does because you have can't a, afford to
2: hold on i have some old speculation music from back yeah. in the uh the old days of the show. Here you go. Uh, I got to play this so that we we want to be careful right. here. We want to really differentiate the factual part of this show That's and the speculation part
0: of this show. So here we go. I know it's preposterous, but it, is it preposterous? Do you think? I don't think it's preposterous. I think the speculation sound is surrounding us. And with that, I will say, I think James Brego would have played LaMelo Ball had this game been a little closer, gone out of hand. You can't afford a loss. Like, I, I think... I think lamella would have played but it's like well we're winning and this seems like as good a moment as any to teach lamella ball not to foul we'll see if it happens on saturday all right let's transition and talk about isaiah thomas's debut first game ever with the charlotte hornets gets you double digits in the points column let's talk about that in just a moment not before bet online football might be over for the season but basketball full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops we're getting down to the postseason play and from all the latest odds totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news this season, all of that stuff. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing ufc odds everything you get a lot of coverage and a lot of information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts let's talk about isaiah thomas coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets so
2: if you don't believe one. in the moon landing, mm-hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement?
0: I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really
1: than tough. counterclockwise. It's
2: really tough. i It's really tough.
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: So James Borrego doesn't have to use Terry Rogier solely as his backup point guard. No James Booknight here has neck soreness. Isaiah Thomas freshly signed to a 10 day contract and is immediately thrust into a position to play. How about at the very end of the first quarter?
2: What a signing clutch.
0: Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Two minutes left to go in the first gets his uh, first minutes of action, gets you a couple of assists in uh, those last two minutes of the first plays a little bit early in the second and then plays the same kind of rotation very end of the third and the very beginning of the fourth would see uh, a little bit more time at the end of the fourth quarter. There too. ends up with 14 minutes, four of 11 from the field, two of seven from three point range. Got you five rebounds. Impressive. There three assists. Got those two really early and end up with 10 points. Uh, James Brego spoke about Isaiah Thomas's debut and had this to say after the game.
1: Well, he showed he's a true pro. Obviously, he's been doing this his whole life. You know, this is, you know, this isn't anything new to him. Obviously, I didn't anticipate him playing and playing this many minutes um, and having this type of impact this early. But this is why we brought him in, you know, to. To, for moments like this, he was ready for it. He's, he knows our system. He knows what we're trying to do. He's comfortable, you know, playing out there on the floor with this group. So I thought a heck of an effort. This is why we brought him here, you know, to be a pro, to lead, to step into these big moments. I thought he was great tonight.
0: Yeah. One thing we might have overlooked yesterday when talking about this was just how much familiarity he has with a few of the guys on this roster. You know, played yeah. with Gordon Hayward in Boston, same thing with Terry Rogier. He was the guy, right? Like, that's what's interesting, at least with. Terry, not so much with Gordon, I don't believe, you know, that's when Gordon would come in after IT's heyday, being fifth in the MVP voting, also played with Mason a little bit in Denver. So you do have a lot of familiarity with the guys on this Hornets roster comes in and gives you 14 minutes. The other thing I noticed from JB's comment was didn't anticipate him playing this much this early, but LaMelo gets in foul trouble, right? So that's hand in hand. So you have to go to another ball handler if you want to use this time to teach Lamello a lesson or just keep him on the bench because of foul trouble, however you see it. What did you make of IT's debut?
2: I mean, it's incredible that a player could come in, uh, sign that day, meet Mm -hmm. all of his teammates that day, and then that night score 10 points, uh, five (laughs) rebounds, and three assists. Now, it does play to Isaiah's strength. As you said, he has some familiarity with the players, but also the Hornets' offense is a little bit of jazz, right? I mean, it's uh, you know they they certainly run plenty of sets, but a lot of it is play with pace, make some stuff happen, quick offense, that kind of thing. That's when the Hornets are at their best, and they move the basketball well, they share the basketball well. Um, but Isaiah Thomas uh, definitely came in there with a mind to get some shots up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got, that's what I. That's got exactly 11 what attempts. I was looking at. <laughs> oh, in fourteen
0: minutes, that's excellent, man. Hoist him up.
2: You got to respect him, mate. Well, listen, he's trying to get back into the NBA, and ma- and when you've when you've gone to the bottom, you have some understanding, you have some appreciation for every single moment that you spend um, under the lights on a professional basketball court, and he's mm. taking advantage run of every minute.
0: Dog. Yeah, I'm ready to run through. Thank you for that pep-up speech. I'm ready to hey, go. Hey, you know what it reminded
2: that. me of? I, I know he has like half a foot on him, but I saw a small guy running around in a Hornets uniform uh, dipping and diving and making <sighs> yeah, things happen and playing I'm, with energy it
0: kind of reminded me of uh, Muggsy okay I was trying to figure out who you were going I didn't think you'd go Muggsy I, I for some reason Mo Williams came to mind <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> he had a cup of coffee in Charlotte yeah. he did he was awesome for them he came in no I mean and look you know
2: he, he, again
0: um, underrated it, we don't talk enough about Mo Williams and his impact with that Charlotte Hornets team Mo Williams was awesome. I think we talked.
2: It. I think we talk an adequate amount about. No, Mo no, we <laughs> need, give, we need to give.
0: We need to give. We need to give Mo Williams his heyday. We still need to do our salute well, because, to Because wasn't Smith he? Pod. He was
2: part of a season, right? That he certainly salvaged, but that they fell short,
0: right? Well, they they went on a crazy winning streak. I think, man, was that? I don't think that was a postseason year. But, but Mo Williams that's coming in and, and he, he got him in contention. I believe they right, went on a long saying. winning That's streak. why we
2: don't talk a lot about it. We talk more about, you know, the Jeremy Lynn cup of coffee because mm-hmm. that, and, and, you know, it goes to something I always say, narratives, man. I mean, you know, teams that make the playoffs, you talk yeah. about those players and teams that don't make the playoffs. Why, you know, getting into the play-in, actually winning a play-in game and getting into a playoff series is so important for so many of these players on this right. team and how we remember them.
0: Right, and I think... You you made that reference, right? We've, we've made it a couple of times with how important these players are going to be once you look at the legacy of all of the Charlotte Hornets. And Kelly Oubre has come up because at the time, Kelly, maybe at the halfway point of the season, the guy was awesome. You know, we talk about him being one of the best players off of the bench. And it was just this long, long slump for Kelly that he was not able to get out of. And anytime he would give you a quarter, that's all it would be. I go back to that double overtime loss to Miami where he plays well in one quarter. He shoots and makes like, you know, three of the four three-pointers. I think he had three three three-pointers in like a minute and five seconds worth of action. You know, that's what Kelly does. And then you don't see him the rest of the way. You know, every once in a while, come up with some nice defensive plays, playing on-ball defense. And that's about it. In this game, he gave you a good Kelly quarter. Five of 11 from three-point range. Like, that's another guy that's just going to let him fly from deep constantly. It doesn't matter how he's shooting, but he was shooting well. Seven of 15 overall from the field in 27 minutes and scored 19 points. JB gave him credit after the game, too. But this is something that is kind of ridiculous. It it is hilarious. The Hornets do go as Kelly's offensive production goes. And when you have a double overtime loss against a good Miami team, it, it kind of indicates Kelly had one good quarter and then wasn't there. And it's a close game and they lose like here. He has a good quarter plays better. And isn't completely awful the rest of the game, and the Hornets find a way to win. Like you know, clearly there's a lot more factors at play, but they do rely on a lot uh, on Kelly's offense to help them come out on top in these things.
2: Yeah, well, we said it in the preview yesterday. The Hornets needed to shoot the basketball well, make great paint decisions. We didn't really mention physicality, but that was another key to this game. The the rebounding stat that they mentioned uh, nine offensive rebounds that uh, Borrego mentioned nine offensive rebounds for the Charlotte Hornets. Only four offensive rebounds and. Um, you look, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen give teams trouble, and you, we expected them to give the Hornets trouble. Jared Allen played well in this game, but you limit what Evan Mobley can do offensively. He was four of nine for nine points, but Kelly comes in and delivers one great quarter, and and Walker, this Hornets team, it really comes down to one quarter. You know, I mean, one right. one bad right. quarter has has sunk so many of these games. And so a player coming in and giving them one spectacular quarter can absolutely make all the difference. They don't need Kelly splashing threes in every single quarter. They need players coming off the bench who can deliver big minutes for one quarter and either bring them back in some of these games or put them in the position where they're in the lead. The Hornets, I think, play better when, when they can get a, a significant lead. Um, we've seen them come back and fall short in a lot of these games, um, but they don't tend... This season to let many teams back into games. And so that's, and we saw that so much pre All Star break when the Hornets were really grooving. You'd have Kelly or Terry or LaMelo just scorch a team for a quarter, get up 10 15, and then the Hornets don't typically take the foot off the gas. And that's what you saw here against Cleveland. Big question. Can they keep it up?
0: Yeah, that is that is the big question. Can you consistently put a, a string of games together where you play well? It's been a long time since we've seen that from the Charlotte Hornets squad. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Also wanna provide a message from Camp Lejeune for listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have. I wanted to notify you of an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, Personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's water. We'll finish up our thoughts coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast.
1: This is Locked on Hornets.
0: Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is oh, his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty e. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Matt he
2: Thomas. I'm pretty like... sure Matt Thomas served me in an Applebee's the other day.
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: Kind of looking at a couple of the other stats here, Doug, that mattered. You talked about the stats. Love
2: looking at stats. Give me all the stats. Let's box score. Take that
0: for data. Let's box score boogie then, baby. It's the offensive rebounds. And you look at the Hornets. They actually had nine offensive rebounds in this game. Montrez Harrell had four of them. So providing a nice impact. And the Cavs only had four um, themselves altogether, right? Montrez was able to match Mm -hmm. the offensive rebounding production for an entire team. And James Brago talked about this after the game, too saying they only had two in the significant part of the game and then got two late. That didn't really matter. At that point, the game was decided. Fake, that's huge. Fake
2: offensive rebounds is what the Cleveland Cavaliers got.
0: I mean, we've seen this Hornets team just get destroyed on the boards. And it was really the last two games that were as indicative of that as any game, Milwaukee, Detroit, you know, Milwaukee's great. They have Giannis. And so it's like, I don't know how much they were going to beat them anyway, even though they have beat them twice this year, Detroit, That's a game they've owned in the past. And because Detroit had so many other opportunities, they grabbed a lot of boards. The Pistons win that game, maybe even because of the rebounding. And here, you just don't allow it, right? You actually win the overall battle, 45 to 37. Offensive battle, 9 to 4. That was a huge part. And Montrez got a little bit back into the action after being absent the last two contests.
2: That's what you need from Montrez. It's not just about finishing at the rim. I mean, you want him to be... Uh, you know, creating his own opportunities uh, on the offensive boards, and Kelly may have had one. Of, Kelly Oubre may have had one of the most important rebounds in this game off of his own missed shot. Right. He uh, battles two or three Cleveland Cavaliers late when Darius Garland was uh, lighting up the Nets and uh, getting Cleveland back into this game. Kelly gets his own miss and fires it into the corner to Miles Bridges, who hits. I didn't think it was going to go in. It kind of went around the rim, but it did. It mm-hmm. fell. Got the shooter's roll. Uh it was his only three of the game, one of four, but uh seven of twelve from the field for Miles. But he knocks down the big three. And, you know, everybody was physical. I mean, you have multiple players here close to double-digit rebounds. Uh, Miles had seven. Mason had eight. Terry had seven. I mean, twenty-nine, seven and seven. Just an amazing game from yeah, Terry really Rose Oh my God. I mean, what you what can you say about the guy at this point? I mean, he is He's leading the charge. He's the energy guy. He's cheering. I love Coach Terry. Coach Terry is my second favorite Terry, only to certified gamer knocking down shots in the fourth quarter. Terry. (laughs) He was on the bench, just like cheering everyone on, (laughs) yelling at players about where to be. Like is Terry Rozier a future uh, assistant coach? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Uh, 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 But it's just fun to see.
0: Yeah, I'll see. I'll see Terry Rozier as a coach. And real quickly, like going back to Jarrett Allen and the offensive rebound only had, I think one in this game. Cavs only had four altogether, right? Jarrett had 11 in the last game, 11 by himself. And he had 22 overall. I mean, just a ridiculous difference in that stat. You mentioned Kelly too. Kelly, getting his own offensive rebound and then kicking it out to miles for the assist. Kelly had five assists in this game, not necessarily Mm -hmm. something that he's known for had four the previous outing and five assists actually matches a season high has recorded that a couple of other times this year, but five is the season high for Kelly. Like he's not so many.
2: Well, that's the thing. Like so many weird things happened in this game that I would not have anticipated. I would not have said that the Hornets were going to put up nearly 120 points on the Cavs defenses. And, and that the Cavs would only score 98 if you told me Darius Garland, who was day to day was going to come back and drop 33 that they would hold the team to 98. I would not have taken that bet. I- I'll just say this. I dare anyone to bet on the Charlotte Hornets right now. Cause okay. it is, it's wild. It's a day. It might be the most dangerous game to play betting on the Charlotte Hornets. Use our friends at bet online. If you want to do it, find the lines there, uh, go to BetOnline.net to learn more. But but also maybe reconsider betting on the Charlotte Hornets because the roller coaster is wild right now. And right well, now, right now we're holding the handle. We're going up. We're going, chick, chick, chick,
0: chick, chick, and we're getting nervous just, because there's just one tick, the, the, the one game, right? And so, like, yes, not to ruin the joke, but like you actually are pretty good betting on the Hornets to lose for the most part right now. They did get the win against the Cavs. They've been reeling. And so you hope that and they got is- the win against Toronto. They blew out Toronto. They've now right.
2: blown out Toronto right. and Cleveland, but, lost right? Lost to other- Detroit,
0: okay. got blown out by
2: Milwaukee where I, I, I couldn't bet on this team. If I tried,
0: uh, you, you can bet on them to lose as my point, the last 15 games and probably be pretty, pretty good. Probably be walking away with a profit. Like that's the problem here. And that's your point going back to the second segment. Can you have some consistency going forward to build on something? heading in to the last part. It's the old adage in college basketball. You want to oh, be an old adage. You want to be playing your best basketball come March. Well, oh, yeah. so the Charlotte Hornets want to be p- playing their best basketball heading into postseason play. Can they get there? You know, not necessarily a foregone conclusion. We feel pretty good about that, but once they do get there, can they continue to play? Well, Hey, good start here, right? If you can save LaMelo in the process, and avoid any injury to your best player, you know what? You get the victory too. Like, that's also a nice sign. We'll see what can happen Saturday.
2: Yeah, look, this is the peskiest version of the Charlotte Hornets. And if you take away the LaMelo weird foul trouble not playing most of the second half and and you replace that with a replacement level LaMelo ball performance that was you know, substituted by a decent Montrezl Harrell game and a surprising Isaiah Thomas game. Like, you take those things and you send it to replacement level LaMelo Ball, this is the peskiest version of the Hornets that you saw against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We just haven't seen this team choose to sustain this level of play uh, except maybe one time this season when they got the five game winning streak and they play you know they got the wins against washington when the wizards were playing really well and they got the win against uh, golden State when they were tops of the uh, western Conference so we haven't seen them really put together a stretch like that since uh several months ago um, so can they do it yeah we're gonna watch it we're gonna we're gonna just get on the roller coaster <laughs> and see if it keeps going up or if it decides to come back down, but it's but it's gonna be on Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Terry Rozier. Can you can Kelly keep his shooting up? Can Montrez Harrell show up like he did right before the all-star break? Mm-hmm. You know, these are all really important big questions that are gonna mean a lot to the Charlotte Hornets. If they want to keep in this play-in fight,
0: maybe avoid Brooklyn. That's gonna be something to watch well, as we kind of go down the line as You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have three straight games at home. Their next one is against San Antonio on Saturday. And then on Tuesday, March 8th, they're going to play Brooklyn. And guess what? Kevin Durant is coming back tonight. Well, that's the thing. You know,
2: they got to avoid Brooklyn because I don't care what Brooklyn's record is. I don't care how poorly they're playing going into the playoffs. If they get into the play in one game with Kevin Durant, I'm not betting on It's over.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's over. Like, people people forget that, you know, people love to go back to the well of the jokes that was Kevin Durant's shoe size, losing to the defending champs or losing to the champs in Milwaukee. But people also don't realize or talk about enough that James Harden was on one leg, Kyrie Irving wasn't playing, and Kevin Durant still was able to lead that team all the way so close to beating Milwaukee. If he's back, yeah, you don't want to play them at all. I I want no parts of Brooklyn. Ben Simmons not going to come back. You know, now he's got this back issue. Who knows when he's going to play, but he will not be playing Tuesday, it seems, against uh, the Charlotte Hornets come March 8th. And then they play Boston, by the way. Charlotte will play Boston at home, Huge second big night big. of a back-to-back. So they're, they've not performed well at all on the second night of back-to-backs. They're going to have to try to figure out a way to get that victory against Boston, and then they'll play New Orleans, Oklahoma City. That's the next five games they have. On the schedule. All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen every single day. And I'll make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, as well um, as Lee Sterling, giving you expert insight and analysis. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.